Welcome, Traveler's Blueprint community. I am Elliot Shibley, and here with me, as always, is the avant-garde Bob DeMena. Avant-garde? What does that mean, Elliot? Uh, favoring or introducing expen experimental or unusual ideas. Uh, and I think you do that all the time. That's a super nice compliment. I like that. I, I, yeah. that, that was really nice of you. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. I, I like that word. It's, it's French, if you're unfamiliar. I, that's what I assumed. Yeah, I figured it was. It sounds French. Yeah. Um, thank you. You're welcome. Today, who do we have on today? So today's guest is... <laughs> Are you asking? You're supposed to know this. <laughs> no, today's guest is Wen, and he is a native of Cameroon. He spent his boyhood often alone, climbing small mountains near his home, and today he gave us his life story sort of starting in Cameroon with his relationship with his father and his mother, how they came to the United States, and how his travels ended up evolving into his business venture, where he now develops this antimicrobial fabric that is moisture wicking and incredibly soft and all of these amazing things. It has really have to clean. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to clean it. And so the conversation was awesome. He's a really cool guy. We, the, the time flew by and so we hope you enjoy it yeah it was it was a really interesting conversation uh, it was and before we get into the conversation though let's give you a little bit of background into what's going on behind the scenes uh number one is bob has been always interested in that is bob right there and if you're watching on youtube and you're unsure who's who bob is on the left mm -hmm. and bob has always been interested in planning out trips very detailed and he's been great at finding flights and so part of our consulting services is bob will help you find a great discount on a flight and all we do is take 20 percent of the savings that we give you so no matter what if it's a thousand dollar flight and we get it to you for 600 that's 40 bucks for us and a savings of 360 for you not a bad deal yeah and not a bad and, deal at all and i like doing it call me odd and you can people have often uh, I enjoy finding flight deals, and I enjoy helping people find travel deals in general. So, yeah, anything I can do to help. And we have our Traveler Blueprint tutorials, which are helping you five parts, navigation, booking airfare, restaurant and blog research, itinerary layout, and then researching safety norms or safety, security, local and social norms, and then being a thoughtful traveler. Uh, that is about an hour to an hour 15 of time to help you become your own travel agent. It is available for $25 through our website. It is on Thinkific, which is a great platform for education. Check it out and subscribe or not subscribe to it, but enjoy it. Yeah. We, and we hope you find it very beneficial. You, and you nailed it with becoming your own travel agent. That's all this really is. You can very simplistically refer to it as the steps or the process that a travel agent would take to book your trip for you. We're providing you with an hour or so uh, video tutorial on how you do it yourself. And you end up saving thousands of dollars. Travel agents are very expensive. so Absolutely. And this is 20... the same method that Bob uses every time he plans a trip. Every time. It's what I used when Elliot and I went to Peru. It's what I've used for countless trips in the past and what I'm still using today for my trip uh, this year. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So every the last Monday of every month is our Travel Roundtable series where we sit down with four other people to discuss a travel topic and get some good educational advice on how to do and how to be good travelers. Yeah. 
And if you're interested in joining us on that series, shoot us an email. You can actually subscribe to the Travel Around Table series or submit to be on it through our website on the Travel Around Table series tab. And then lastly, if you are watching this on YouTube, thank you for joining us. Please hit the subscribe button if you're listening on the podcast or platform. Maybe check us out on YouTube. And then always, always subscribe to our social media channels so you can check out all of our Instagram, Facebook, all of our posts where you could connect directly with our guests and us. Mm, thank you. And now let's get into the conversation with Wen. Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint. Start designing your next adventure. Wen, welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're excited to talk to you today. So you have an interesting background. You grew up in Cameroon, Africa. You have extensively traveled the world to some pretty interesting locations, and I'm looking forward to touching up on that. But then what we're also going to do is break down your your clothing brand, which Herculean, I'm, I'm pronouncing yeah, that correctly, yeah, yeah. right? So you've developed this, this fabric that is self-cleaning. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to getting into that. And uh, where were you, you know, five years ago when I was traveling all over the world, man? <laughs> when I didn't want to have to pack anything else except right, for two yeah. pairs of shirts and two shorts. I'm looking forward to discussing it because I am I am someone who would travel and try to pack as minimal um, as minimally as I could, especially when it came to clothes. What I would do is like I would pick a, a color scheme, so I was going to wear only black and gray, and so this way you could ma- everything matches with one another, and so. I had all these different little tricks that I would try to use to pack as as few clothes as possible, but then the big thing was washability and and uh, wrinkling and things like that. So we'll get into that, and I want to get into that in detail. But what I would like to do first is give you the opportunity to bring us through, uh, you know, where you were born and kind of your upbringing and your introduction to travel. So I want to get get us going there. Yeah, so um, I was born in a a small village town in Cameroon. Uh, I was born to a wonderful family. My dad had two wives, so that was a really fun experience. Um, Whoa. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he was being conservative with two. I mean, you could, my my uncle had 10, so like two is like on the the, the lighter side of wives. So so you grew up in, and and we should say you live in Minnesota now. Yeah. So you're living in the United States, so obviously you, you, you can now see identify the difference in cultural uh on how that <laughs> how the cultures differ growing up did you know that that was uh not how i guess the majority of the world operated with multiple wives not at all i mean like i i had no idea i mean i don't know i guess i mean some people don't have multiple wives it's, it's just like how much money do you have is a bigger the better question if you have more money mm-hmm. you have more wives that's just how it goes okay and, um so it's kind of like um you're able to take care of more people so you can do it. So that's, and of course, like my dad's a farmer. So he, he just, the more kids, the better. But um, my first, my first mom, I guess, or his first wife, not my first mom, my, his first wife um, couldn't have kids. So then the, my mom was got married to him and then she had all of us. And, and then I moved here when I was nine years old. Okay. How many siblings do you have? I only have uh, three other siblings. So there's four of us. Okay. Okay. And, and, and what brought you to the United States at nine? My, so my mom had been here before for education. She, um, she's an, she, she was an amazing woman. She was incredibly smart. And um, growing up, her father was um, very much a, um, 
he supported uh, women's rights as much because, you know, in Cameroon, most often daughters are relegated to home or home duty or whatever. But he believed that his daughter and his son are not any different at all. So he was like, no, like you're not going to be at home cleaning. That's not your job. Like your job is to go to school and be as smart as possible and be the best, you know, you could be. So um, he, he always forced her to go to school. And um, so when she grew up, she was very well educated compared to her, her classmates. And then she came to school in Minnesota. And so she um, came to University of Minnesota. And then she got pregnant with me here because my dad came to visit her, got her pregnant. But my dad made her go home because he was like, I don't want him to be born in America. I want him to be born in Africa. So she was like, okay, well. So you flew, she flew home a month I was born and then had me born in Cameroon. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do you have dual citizenship now? Uh, no, Cameroon doesn't offer dual citizenship. Our president is a dictator, so he's not a fan of having people come home and like be educated and smart and wealthy. I don't know. I don't know why he doesn't want, he doesn't want us back, basically. He sucks. Yeah. <laughs> How do you really feel? <laughs> I don't know, dude. I mean, he's eighty. He's eighty-nine years old. He's been president or dictator or whatever you want to call himself for over forty years. He's the longest dictator in world history. He's not wow. going anywhere. Yeah, he's gonna live in the country. He lives in Switzerland. He doesn't care about the country. What? Yeah, what a nice guy. He's like, uh, yeah, keep paying your taxes. So I can, I can have a nice house in Switzerland, and we're we're over there just whatever. What are you gonna do about uh, it? Do you, do you visit Cameroon often? No, I only go for funerals. Honestly, I it's so it's such a long flight to get there, and it's so expensive, and just you have to plan so much. And like, how, who's picking up in the airport? How are you gonna get home? Like, um, whatnot. I actually was like always thinking like it'd be nice to buy a helicopter in Cameroon, and just like because it's like a, it's such a long journey to get back to my own town, and there's potholes uh, everywhere. It's just a giant pothole. Town, so, so I don't know. So for those <laughs> listening, so so Cameroon is central uh, west. Yes. Africa. So it's right on the coast, right? It's a coastal country. Yeah. And yeah. kind of in the corner of the bend on mm-hmm. the West Coast. Yeah. And so what's the infrastructure like there? Is there a tourism industry or is it, what's it, what's the situation there? There was more so um, before, not so much right now because there's a situation happening with the English side of the country. Because so there's two countries in the world that are both English and French there's Canada and Cameroon. So we have a split in the middle of our country that is the English side and the French side. And so the English side feels like they've been oppressed for way too long by the French side. And so they've been trying to figure out how to like get their independence and the French side is like, no. So they're oh, just, wow. they're, there's conflict. But before that, Cameroon is called, Cameroon is called mini Africa because every, every like um, landscape you're looking for, Cameroon has to offer. So we have volcanoes, we have beaches, we have forests, we have flat land. So everything, we have lakes, we have everything. So everything you want to see in Africa, Cameroon already has it all in one country. So it's like the most, like, uh, I think, diverse um, landscape in Africa. So before, it had a great tourism industry. And um, now, not so much. But, I mean, infrastructure-wise, there are good roads. There's a train system that goes from the, from the like, port city to the northern region. Okay. So you can get around pretty relatively easy, but not too easy. Yeah. And I, I to be honest, I'm not, I was never too familiar with Cameroon. You don't really learn a lot about it in at least in American history classes. Yeah, it's because Cameroon was, um, it was initially a German controlled country. 
So the Portuguese got there first. I mean, so obviously not first, because I mean, like we were already there, but like yes, the of Portuguese, the, of, of the, the Europeans. England, or the Europeans, yeah. The Europeans, the Portuguese, the Portuguese came. The Portuguese were the first to navigate the, co- the Western coast of Austria, or uh, Africa, Africa. slave trade. The whole right? world. I mean, Portugal yeah. controlled the world for a long time and they yeah. just kind of just stopped. It was like, ah, oh, well. But you don't hear about them too often anymore. Yeah, no. they, they spread out too much too fast. And, yes. Yeah, because I and remember... Tanzania was actually first colonized by the Portuguese and then and they had a long history of like French, German, and then English. And then, you know, Tanzania finally got their independence in the sixties, but it sounds like Cameroon had a similar trajectory. Yeah. So it, um, so the Portuguese came and then they named the country Cameroon over out of, I think it was because like, of shrimp. They found shrimp in the river or something. So that Camarones, I think is shrimp oh, in Portuguese. Yeah. So they named it um, Cameroon. So that makes sense. Okay, yeah, exactly. So that's where we got a name from. And then um, then the Germans, then the Portuguese left and the Germans came and then they got, they, they got like the whole divide and conquer situation figured out. And then during World War II, I think, um, after like, I think, I don't know what happened at that point. I feel like Germany lost, obviously, I don't feel like they did lose the war. I think that France somehow got their hands onto Cameroon. Oh, that's what happened. So the, the British kept Nigeria and the French got Cameroon. So they were like splitting out who gets what. And so um, so my part of the country was actually usually like we were really close to Nigeria. So we could have been part of Nigeria, but they were like, let's just do Cameroon. And so now we're like, Nigeria's an English country and Cameroon's a half French country. So we should probably stay with the English country, but we just figured whatever, we'll stay with Cameroon. We shouldn't have done that. Wow. And yeah, history. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. But I moved here and I, and, and life has been amazing since just kidding life is so amazing that Cameroon too it's just america is different Very yeah different, so yeah. so you moved here at nine and that had to be a huge transition just culturally environmentally I, I, you went from africa one to the one of the coldest states in the united states of america minnesota uh, i'm assuming the first time you experienced snow and everything like that right and so uh, yeah what was that like making that that move to the u.s um it was jarring so the a few things happened all in one like that so that whole week so first of all my mom my mom had left left me by two years earlier she left us i went to came here and so and she lied to me too because she's like i'll be back in two weeks i was like oh yeah cool i'll see you in two weeks and she's she's like calls me on the phone like, hey by the way i'm gonna come back home and i'm like hold on wait a minute i'm like eight years old mom what are you or seven I'm like what are you doing Where, why are you leaving me she's like well i gotta go get it um she was sick, so she had to go get healthcare, like really good healthcare. So Minnesota has the best healthcare, I'm pretty sure. The Mayo Clinic is probably the best in the world, and that's in Minnesota here. So she came here, and my brother, older brother, was born in America because my dad got her pregnant twice in America, and the first person was born is Francis, above me. And so he's an American citizen, so he had to come home for his citizenship. And so he flew back from Cameroon by himself all the way to America at 12 years old. Wow. Um, yeah, it was scary. And my mom didn't give her friend a heads up. My mom gave her friend a, a one week heads up. Say, hey, by the way, my son's going to come live with you in America. And she's like, okay, I guess, whatever. I guess send him on, I send him on over. <laughs> so she throws him on a flight on, I think, probably Air France or whatever. And, and he, came, he navigated the airport and got all the way back here by himself. And almost got like put into foster care because legally my mom's still alive. So her friend couldn't take care of him because the mom was still alive. And then the governor of Minnesota had to get involved and made a whole new law that he could he could stay with my mom's friend. It got it was a weird situation. Whoa. Yeah. So there's a law in Minnesota just because my brother, they made a new law just so he could be not put into <laughs> foster care. And and this was when you were eight. How old are you now? 
I'm 27 now. Okay. So, and then, so after that, my mom had to come here to take care of my brother. And then I came here. And so when I got here, when I first got into the airport, first of all, airplanes didn't make sense to me at the time. I didn't understand how an airplane would work. So I, had to, I just, I gave up. I, I, didn't, I couldn't understand, like, so you get into this room, you sit here, you get out of the room, and you're somewhere else. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, so how does the room get there? They're like, in the air. I'm like, is it flapping the wings? Like, how's that working? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to understand how this plane's getting in the air. They're like, if you go really fast, if it goes in the air, I'm like, okay, no, I don't worry about it. I'll just, I'll figure it out later. I'll trust you. I'll just trust you. I'll just trust you. Yes. So but you get, know how it works now, right? Yeah, I get it now. I read a whole book on, on um, the Red Brothers, so I kind of understand the basic concepts. <laughs> That's so, good. It took me a while. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It's really cool that what, what humans have accomplished, honestly, as a species, we, we did a lot. We're, we're doing a lot. Now we're regressing a little bit, but anywho, so I got on the plane, I got to America, I got to France first. France was freezing. It was so cold. It was December. And I was like, why do people live here? It's terrible. <laughs> but I, France is not compared to Minnesota. So I didn't know how bad Minnesota would have gotten. So I was like, okay, France is cool. Get off the plane in France. Got to Atlanta. Got lost in Atlanta because I had never airport? been in a trip. Huh? In the airport. Yes. I got lost yeah. in Atlanta's airport when I was, yeah, when I was nine. And I had never been in an airport that big before. I've not been in an airport before the day before, the day before, so I was just confused. And then we got on the train and the doors were closing. And my brother's like, my, my brother's like, wait a minute, we're in the wrong place. Let's go to, it was actually, this is the gate we're supposed to be at, so let's get out the train. So my brother instead left the train and left me on it. And I was like, I was gonna walk forward, but the door's closing. I was like, I can't walk now, the door's closing. I, I'm gonna get crushed by this door. So I just looked at my brothers and my sister. The first time we're in America, I'm looking at them and they're looking at me. They're like, wait, come on. I'm like, I can't. The door's closing. <laughs> so Atlanta is a scary airport. I think it's the busiest airport in the nation. And between yeah. I mean, between Chicago's O'Hare and Atlanta's, uh, what is it called? I forget. Um, there, I there are, they are very scary, very busy and hard airports to navigate. And I struggled with them at, you know, as an avid traveler in my mid-20s. So I couldn't imagine doing it at nine. Oh my God, no! They're they are just absolutely massive. Is it like Durham? they're the size of cities. Yeah, is it Durham? Is it Durham? Uh, Hartsfield, Jackson. Hartsfield. Uh, yeah, no, it was crazy to get through that. And then so I got lost, and I started crying, and I could barely speak English anyway. So like, I go to like um, I go to the front of the train, and like the security guard on the train sees it, like a, like a little kid crying, and they're like, "Where are you going?" And I don't speak English very well. I speak a different version of English. So they're like, where are you going? And my mom's best friend's name was Mrs. Donna. So I'm like, I'm going to Mrs. Donna. They're like, Mrs. Donna? Maybe he means Minnesota. I was like, <laughs> ah, yeah, that works for me. So they're like, let's go up to the Minnesota gate to see if he, and that's where he's going. And I went there and I was crying and my brothers and sister were there and they were so mad at me. He's like, I'm going to beat you later. I was like, oh no. So then we get in the plane and then I get here and my mom was like, looked at me. He's like, why are, you, why are you crying for? Cause she was still there. So she's like, why are you crying? I was like, now, Sounds have, very traumatic. Did you it have any traumatic. clothes for Minnesota's weather? I mean, you're we, coming from Africa. My cousins gave me a sweater. <laughs> yeah, that'll sweater. do it. Yeah, that'll yeah. do it. Yeah, Minus twenty degrees. degrees Fahrenheit in the winter without wind chill. Sure. Yeah, that's enough. A sweater will get you going. I mean, like, who needs a sweater? I mean, that's honestly excessive. We should a long sleeve shirt could do enough. That's all. Yeah, exactly. But my mom had prepared and she had went to the, um, the clothing shelter at her, her church and gotten some extra jackets. So um, when I got there, her and, her and um, my, my um, basically she's become my, my grandparents. She's not actually my legal grandparent, but she's my grandma now. I call her grandmother. So she's like my grandmother. She, my mom and her were dead, dead because of 
it was amazing. I was like, this place is cold. It sucks. It's, it's dark. There's snow on the ground. I can't even eat the snow. So like, what's the point of the snow? <laughs> yeah. It was exciting. It was an exciting That's time it. back then. That's an incredible wow. transition. And you've been and there so- ever since. Yeah, I've been here. I mean, I came, I went to school in Florida. So I went to Florida for a little bit and I realized, man, people that are really hard to talk to. So I, I came back here. Yeah. Very the different Florida, than Minnesota. Florida man. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. very different. It's a very different culture. I was actually in Pensacola, which is like a little bit more northern, more like yeah. country Florida. So like I got to experience a southern lifestyle, which was really fun for a while. Like yeah. just shooting guns and like doing just southern people stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. It is a subculture of the United States. One of many. Oh, dude, I had a great time. I really did. Um, I, I, I cannot I cannot hate on the Southern culture. It's slow and it's nice. And they have a <laughs> it is lot very of slow, unhealthy food. Yeah, they're they're They are nicer. And I wonder if that's because they like in order to live through a Minnesota winter or a, a Northeast winter kind of hardens you a little bit. And yeah. it kind of makes you grumpy to have to wake up and go to work and it's 20 degrees out or even colder for you. And when you live in a world where you never really have to put on a jacket or <laughs> suffer through cold weather, I would imagine it kind of warms you up a little bit, both uh, little mentally bit. And, and physically. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that and also the Southern people don't hide their feelings. They're, they're very much more direct. So like I explained this to my friend a while ago that, and actually explained this in 2016, that like the South and the North, Minnesota's actually, in my experience, more racist than the South. And it's because mm. in the South, they don't hide their feelings to you or to you. Like they're just so straight up about it that like there's no question about how they feel about you. In the North, they're like so nice to you, but they really hate you. So you just don't know what, you're so confused about how they feel about you. Well, like, I, think in the, I think in the North, it's not just anybody. They hate everyone. <laughs> that could be yeah. it too. yeah and so yeah. if you look at the numbers minnesota and the midwest is some of the most like economically racist places in america like it, out of the out of all the states i think minnesota if you're a black person like in a car you're more likely to get pulled over than anyone here in, in like, completely any other state in america wow like exactly so the midwest it's is seemingly so nice but really they're kind of just a little bit more better at hiding their feelings about how they feel they, they don't like you yeah and, and the I, South, I think the northeast is I, I would I would think maybe one of the least racist regions of the country, but Probably. one of the meanest. <laughs> yeah, like they're 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 the ones that are just mean to everybody. And yeah, <laughs> there's honestly yeah. very little discrimination. It's just that they don't like anyone. Right. Yeah. right I mean, right. but I appreciate it because at least they're everyone's in the clear about what's happening. You know, it's not like confusion. Right. Right. That I get confused about who likes me, and that really <laughs> makes me. I, you have more, you have more mental issues when you don't know who is really being nice to you, who hates you. You're just so confused. Yeah. yeah. So living in the south of me was a little bit easier than up here. Up here, I don't feel comfortable in my car. I don't feel comfortable driving places. I'm always like, "Oh, well, I'm pull over later. We're gonna have an issue." So <laughs> I'm always like trying to be safe. But no, I mean Minnesota is wonderful. I've been really enjoying it up here. But I'm probably leaving as soon as COVID is over to go live in Portugal or whatever. Nice. Yeah, going to Portugal. Yeah. So Heck yeah. At, talk us through now. Um, you know, you you get to Minnesota at nine you end up becoming a world traveler. When did you start to travel? Um, my first trip was, uh, I think, I can't remember, but I, one of my first trips, I'm pretty sure, was to Belize. My first non-Cameroon trip was to Belize, I'm pretty sure. And um, it was my ex-girlfriend and I, and it was so funny because we had broken up like a few weeks before the trip. So, <laughs> and she had a new boyfriend so Wait, and you still went together? 
so here's yeah so here's the best part so like similar actually it's the way to go it's pretty hilarious how that works out so <laughs> so we had been dating for like like at least a year i'm pretty sure almost a year and we had this great trip planned in december like for spring break we're going to belize so we were like okay cool we're going to release and then we broke up like oh, after i came back from like a uh, winter vacation we broke up she started dating one of her one of her close friends that she had known before and we're dating so i was like oh this is weird okay and she like kind of hated me too at the time and so i was like whatever like that's cool. And we just didn't talk very much. And then right for the trip, I'm like, I'm still going because I paid a lot of money for this trip. I'm going to go. And she was like, I'm going to go too because I paid a lot of money for the trip as well. And then and her boyfriend, or well, they weren't really officially dating. They were, she was just seeing him. They were dating, they were blah, 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 blah. And so the boyfriend is all stressed out. I'm like, I'll be stressed out too, bro. Like, this could be a real fun trip. <laughs> so right before the trip we we link up we, we go out for a walk we talk and you know she's like yeah i do miss you you know blah blah i'm like oh no this is gonna be a really fun trip now you're saying all these things uh -oh. so we so before the trip she tells a guy i don't know what's gonna happen on this trip you know we'll see how we how we're doing after i get back from the trip i'm like oh, okay cool so we go on the trip we had the most romantic and this is like this is before no. we broke up we had the most romantic <laughs> um like um in the forest, uh, bungalow, like a uh, tree house rental. Oh, awesome. It was, it was like, I think like $500, $400 a night. And we we're in college kids, so this is really expensive for us. And um, yeah, we would go out all day and adventure. We go in, went to the ATM caves, which is, had a bunch of like, um, it's like a cave where the mines used to like go and sacrifice people in hopes of rain, rain coming because they had destroyed the forest. And so it stopped yeah. raining. And so they went, they figured if we sacrifice other human beings, then maybe they will come back. Rain didn't come back, they all died out. But the cave is still there. You can go swim into it and then you can like scale the walls and go see all the, like the, the ceremonial um, like pots are still there. A bunch of dead skulls, or, like bodies are still there. Bones are still there. Whoa. Yeah, it's intense. But anyway, we did, this is why we did our free time. We went on those trips. We went to like, um, like the Mayan temples. We went to where Star Wars was filmed. We did all these other things on the trip. And this is like a great day. So we come up by night, we'll drink, we'll have a fun time. It was a great time. We then after the second half of the trip, we went to the beach area. So we had a great time. I'm gonna tell you that much. <laughs> this poor guy, man, I came home. I was like, yo, <laughs> she's mine again, dude. I don't know what you're gonna do, but you guys figure that out. I'm gonna be over here. We broke up, felt bad for the guy. I'm like, you can't compete, dude. I'm sorry, but you just can't compete against me. It's not fair. <laughs> like, I have my life is fun. He's trying to, he was trying to offer her marriage and like a stable life. I'm like, hey, you want to have fun and travel the world? She's like, I'll go with that him. one. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll, two, maybe I'll do that later with you or with someone else. <laughs> yeah. So that was my first trip out the country. And the, the best part about that trip is that my, 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 my credit card or debit card at the time had been canceled before I got there. And I didn't know because I was living in Florida and my car was set up for Minnesota. So like I, I got a new one melt me because they were switching from like the little like cards to the cards with the chips in it. And they just everyone's car got turned off and I just didn't know because I didn't have my card with me. And so I go to checkout of the hotel to pay the bill and, I, and it gets declined. I was like, decline? I, I think I have some money in there, a little bit of money. I think I had just enough to pay for this place. They're like, sorry, sir, it's not working. I was like, man, I, one more time, no luck. Okay, now I gotta call my bank to figure out. But calling the bank from Belize is like, oh man, like two bucks per minute. So I'm calling this people. I'm like, yo, speed it up, speed it up. Like, like let's get through this. I gotta figure this out as fast as possible. But that's the reason why I'm, I'm doing that is because I'm not worried about the money of the, the phone call, but I'm worried that my phone bills my mom's under my mom's name. And my mom is now I'm in, I'm in Belize. She has no idea I'm in Belize. <laughs> so 
I didn't tell her because if I told her, she would freak out and not let me go. So I was like, I'll just go and I would tell her. So I'm like, okay, well, now I just, I just made a call on my phone. And I'm, I'm, my mom's going to get the bill in like a few months and then I'm going to be screwed because you know I'm in Belize. So I'm like, I'm stressed out now. But I'm like, you know what? I'll get home. I'll look at the phone bill every month and make sure if any, any extra charge, I will pay for it ahead of time so she doesn't just know I've gone out of the country. So I get home. The first month I look at the bill. No, no, nothing. No Belize. Perfect. Second month, no Belize. I was like, okay, maybe we're good. So I just, you know, I just stopped looking at it. There's no point in looking at two months is enough for them to clear the bill. The third month, I, I get a call from my mom. Hey, when? Uh, there's a weird charge on your phone. It's really expensive, like $40. What did you do on your phone? Mom, I have no idea, but don't worry about it, mom. I'll call T-Mobile. I'll get, a, I'll get it straight now. Don't worry. I don't want you to worry. No, when you're in school, you're a hardworking kid. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll call you back when I figure it out. No, mom, seriously, I got this. I'm gonna, I don't want you, you're a busy lady. I don't want you to stress out. I got this, my phone, let me worry about it. <laughs> when, seriously? No, I'll call. So she calls T-Mobile and she hangs up the phone on me and calls T-Mobile and I'm stressed out. I'm stressed out. My mom is gonna beat this life out of me. I'm stressed out. Oh, I was like, okay. She's gonna find out I was in Belize. So, she, so, she, so I get a call from T-Mobile. Like, hey, so, hello, is this this morning? I'm like, yes. They're like, you have your mom on the line. She says that like, you are not in Belize, but we have here that your phone was recorded that it was your phone was in Belize and it was used in Belize. I was like, yeah, that's true. She's like, okay, your mom's on the line. Let me hook her on so you can tell her yourself. I was like, oh, why would you do that to me, man? That's so messed up. <laughs> so they connect my mom, the brutal, brutal. They connect my mom to the phone. And my mom's like, when, so you were in Belize? I was like, yeah, mom, I was in Belize. She's like, okay, say no more, hang up the phone. What, mom? hold on, mom. no, 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 when, shut up, hang up the phone. Oh. Ooh. <sighs> oh, you're still okay. alive though. So I hang up the phone. And I hang up the phone, at the time when I hang up the phone, I was in Puerto Rico. So I wasn't even in the country. I was in the country, <laughs> but I wasn't in the country. So she, so she calls me back. A few minutes, she calls me back. When, I'm so disappointed in you. I was like, oh man, she's disappointed. This is not good. She's not even yelling at me. She's just like so quiet. Oh, that's the but worst. But I called you. That's the worst. When they're quiet, they're not, they're not yeah. even yelling at you. They're just so disappointed and disquiet at you. You're just like, oh my God, I really messed up. Yeah. So she's like, you're lucky you tell your siblings that you were in Belize. Because I called your, sibling, your sister. She said she knew you were there. I called your brother. She, he said he knew you were there. So I'll let this go. But please, wait, don't lie to me ever again. So I made it out the first, the first uh, lie. Um, the second time, she didn't know it was in Puerto Rico. She didn't have to know. There's no need for it. I mean, it's America. I'm not, I'm technically in the country, so we're good. <laughs> so that was my first trip. Uh, wow. Wow. And so, so you continued to travel after that, I'm assuming. Of course, of and course. Quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. So I have on your list here, you've been hiking. Now, do you, do you seek adventure in your trips, hiking and outdoors, outdoor adventures? Um, not particularly. I'm quite lazy. So, um, I try to avoid any, any labor, any actual work. I avoid as much as I can. So a and lazy it's, it's, traveler. I, I, yeah. Uh, yeah. It seems like it seems counter, uh, productive to the whole process of travel. Like travel takes effort and, and requires you to put in time. And well, so does yeah. creating a company. That's true. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> I, my favorite vacation or my favorite is when I go on a trip with my friends and I do nothing the whole time. It's a really good time. I like, I went to, um, to Bahamas and we stayed at, uh, that really nice one. Everyone knows it. What's it called? Atlantis. Atlantis. Yeah. We stayed there and we literally did almost nothing the whole time. We watched friends, a friend's, um, um, series where there, cause it was like a nonstop friends marathon. 
So we stayed <laughs> the whole time, watched Friends the whole time, and left for food. You flew to the, <laughs> the Bahamas, Bahamas just to watch Friends. Yeah, it was a great time. We had a really good time. I mean, we went out a few times. We went out to jet skiing. I, lo- I lost my sunglasses in the, in the old lake because I or the ocean, I guess, because I was having too much fun, and I and I just go a little crazy. Interesting. Yeah, so well, we had a good time. You do hike, right? You you have hiked Sometimes, if I have to. Yeah, so you've traveled to. I mean, across Europe, it looks like, and I guess Central America, and maybe yeah. a little bit of South America. Yeah. Take us to your time in Iceland. Okay, so Iceland, Iceland was really, really fun. Um, I had gone, so after college, uh, my mom was super sick. She, I mean, she had cancer for many years. She'd been struggling with cancer since I was born. She, I mean, I got, after I was born, she had breast cancer or skin cancer, one of the two. And so... Um, when I graduated, I think her last goal in life was that she wanted to see me graduated. And so after that, that goal was achieved, I think she felt, you know, good in, in passing away because when I came home, it was a very rapid decline. And, um, and so I was there um, watching her struggle. And at some point, she, her muscles were so weak that I had to start carrying her to bed every night because, I mean, her house had a lot of stairs. Up, I mean, it was a, she, she worked her whole life very hard to, to you know, to be, make money. And so... She finally did well enough to buy herself a decent sized house. And so, but the stairs are very long. So I had to carry her up to bed every night because she just couldn't walk the whole journey up the stairs. So I watched my mom go through that experience. And then, you know, she passed away that February. And I really struggled with, um, with like what to do now. Like, how am I going to, what am I going to do now? Like I, I left college and I said, I'm going to help my mom, you know, figure and like get better if she was going to get better. And so after that, um, I, when she passed away, I went through a lot of depression. I cried for like a weekend straight. And then I, the Monday morning, I said, you know, I cannot keep sitting in bed crying. I listen to Kanye West music, like songs, because Kanye West has a great album. When you're going through any kind of negative feelings, Kanye West, 80 West and Heartbreaks, magic. So, because I mean, he lost his mom too. So that to me was like, we had a lot, like I felt that vibe with the whole album. So um I got up in the morning, I went to volunteer at a local high school and I started saying, you know what? I felt better whenever I'm volunteering, doing you know, work for others. I felt a lot better than when I did anything else for myself. So I started dedicating myself towards work for service to others. And, and after that, I decided that I'm gonna go to Iceland to feel better, I get my mind clear or whatever. And um, the ex-girlfriend I told you about before with the Belize trip, I think, I think she had just, um, um, got a new boyfriend, I think, because my friend told me, hey, when your ex-girlfriend got a new boyfriend, I was like, what? She, 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 got, she already moved on so quickly. So I was a little hurt. So I got on my computer at night. I bought a ticket to Iceland for the next morning. And I, and I packed the backpack and, went, and got my, my butt on the plane, got to Iceland, loved it. My gosh, what a beautiful country. Um, I mean, the nature is amazing. I met some friends online on um, couchsurfing.com yeah. that were also going to Iceland. And so we like got Airbnb together, uh, rented a car together and just like we explored the whole country, not the whole, mostly the Southern region because the Northern region I mean, is wonderful, but I don't want to do all that driving. So it's a lot of driving. It's a lot. Um, we did all the black sand beach and the waterfalls and whatnot. We had a great time. And I realized how dating life is so different in Iceland than in America. But other than that, yeah, I had a great trip. And I came back, you know, resolute because my clothes on the trip, I, I don't have that backpack of clothes. And, and I had the, the clothes were made with different materials. And so like some of them got smellier faster than others. And so I, I couldn't figure out why some of them were so smelly after the first day and others were gonna last, I mean, they lasted a day or two. 
And at the end of the trip, I was already, my clothes already were all smelling horribly. So I couldn't really wear anything without like either rinsing it out or finding a laundromat, which I don't know where the laundromat is in Iceland. So, um, and trying to go to the club, yeah, the ocean is cold, far. Trying to go to the club in Iceland with smelly clothes, it's not gonna get you anywhere. So that was my, that was what made me kind of get thinking about like, what can I do to fix this problem? Interesting. So, so you have these smelly clothes and you started looking into the fabric of your, your no. just normal clothes? No, I, the then, first thing was a backpack. I thought maybe if I made a backpack where it separated the clean from the dirty, then don't be any cross-contamination. That might solve the problem. So I made a backpack. And obviously that was no solution because I was like, the backpack was good and all, but like it didn't fix the problem of the clothes getting smelly. And so... Um, I started looking at materials and researching materials and I figured out like, you know, materials like bamboo, we did better than cotton, which did better than polyester. Um, and so like more natural materials were much more effective at being anti-odor. Yeah. And then one night, my roommate at the time, he had a date that like some girl of Bumble, she had a date earlier, she got bored of the date. So she like, she texted him while she was on a date, like, hey, what are you doing later? And so he's like, I'm not doing anything. I'm at the bar right now. So they linked up and they got, and I went to bed at night, 10 o'clock at night. And then they got home at like midnight and they like, were like so loud. And they, they yelled like, when, when come out? I was like, why? Cause my apartment, we don't have, we didn't have ceilings at the time. We had like um, a loft. So it was like basically one open room uh, and like some walls. Mm -hmm. And so like, if he talks, I can hear him. So he's like yelling me to come out. So I came out and she was like spitting watermelon seeds in my floor. I was like, why are you doing that for? Like, that's just, that's just gross. <laughs> Yeah, she was just, they were just drunk and unruly. And I was like, whatever, you guys have a good time. I'm going to go to bed. Well, that was a lie. I was not going to go to bed because I was up till four in the morning because they were having way too much fun. Oh, I man. couldn't go to sleep. And I was like, man, this is unnecessary. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to make use of this time. So I started researching materials while I was doing it. And I realized that not only could you make materials out of like bamboo and all these other materials, but like you could also put metals inside of materials to infuse it, to give it this, the property to the metal. And so my friend's day that never ended you know, ended up was a critical step in my life to figure out <laughs> that I can make self-cleaning clothing out of like, by, 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 you know, merging metals like copper and silver and, all other, and, and even zinc and all the materials into a fiber. So I thank him for his long date. I thank interesting. her too. Yeah, interesting. And now are you, are you, is this like in full production? Do you have these, where, where are you in this process? Oh, I mean, we've been selling for over a year now. Um, everyone loves them. I mean, they're not that they're super soft. They're also super clean. I've worn it during quarantine. I wore the same shirt for like three months almost. Wow. Because there's no point washing your shirt. There's no point changing my shirt. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be in house all day. And, and I know I saw on your website that they self-clean. Can you? Yes. And, and so they're, they don't get an odor from use. Yes. And then in addition to that, they sort of, they self-clean. Can you describe what that means? So, so, so when, I, when we mean self-clean, not like the, the, the shirt's going to walk into the, the laundry room and like wash yourself, but like <laughs> right. it's going to, um, when you, bacteria, your sweat has um, food and, and for bacteria. And so whenever you sweat a lot, your, your bacteria takes has food and it grows and it, it multiplies and it like spreads out. And that's where, that's where the smell comes from sometimes. Even other, I mean, other things that are also kind of, you know, come from bacterial growth. Not that, not that I don't have a smell, but they're bad for you too. And so the shirt actively cleans itself by actively fighting those bacteria. So it not only does it stop its, its, its growth in the first place, it also kills the one already there. 
So it, it does both stopping of, of bacterial growth and reversal, so destruction of that bacteria that will cause smell. And that's why you can wear the same shirt for three months during quarantine and not have an issue. Interesting. And I, I see a lot of benefit to that, not just beyond the self-cleaning, but the carbon footprint, right? You, I mean, people are going to be wearing shirts for ever. Mm-hmm. And instead of having to wash them every week or after one or two uses, now you only have to wash them after like 30 uses. And you're saving all of those resources from, you know, clean, fresh water, from the energy it takes to actually run a washing machine and the time it takes for yourself to actually clean it. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And, and, and another part to it is that um, by washing it less often, it, the shirt lasts a lot longer because of the washing process is kind of destructive to the shirt. Oh, yeah. So manufacturers actually are happy that you wash it every week. They want you to wash it every week because it helps your shirt fall apart so you buy another one. But I don't personally care about you buying another shirt. I want you to buy one and be done with it. So yeah. by you not washing it every week, you end up having the shirt last it could last a lifetime. You can pass down to your grandkids. You know, I'm, you can right. have this shirt be a legacy in the family. Like the, the official, this shirt has been through every adventure of my life and I'm going to give it to my kid and my kids, kids will give it to my kids' kids. It's going to be like, wow, this is a family shower <laughs> shirt. No, and, and, and just to confirm, like I know you don't probably don't want to give away your secret recipe, but yeah. is, it, is it just like a mixture of metals and bamboo? Yeah, so it depends on what item we're making. So like right now I'm working on, which is completely unrelated to clothing, but like whatever. I'm working on a towel that I, cause I, I mean, my, right now I do laundry once a month and that to me is still too many times because the only reason I do laundry is because I my towels gets like stinky. So I don't have any towels left. And so like, I want to fix a towel problem. And so I'm working on a towel, which I'm using, um, um, either copper or silver, depending on the color. Um, and I'm using, um, bamboo or bamboo charcoal. Um, mm. so yeah, so it's like, it's gonna be a very nice towel, and I'm not sure if I should release it this 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 December or next year. I'm still deciding. Like all morning, I've been thinking, like, should I do it now? Should I wait? I don't know. I'm not sure. I already have it made, but I don't know what to do about it. So I just have it just sitting there. Now, are you doing the manufacturing? Like, how or do you have people helping you with this? So obviously, I don't have a manufacturing facility in Minnesota. So I have one over in in Asia, and so they do the production. So I I design the material or what I want, and then they make it for me. Okay. And yeah. do you tell them like this percentage of yeah, copper, yeah. this percentage of bamboo and yeah, so herbs? Okay. For like right now, I'm working on a menopause bed sheets because my, my girlfriend's um, aunt had been struggling with menopause for like multiple, multiple years. And so I'm currently designing a menopause sheets. And so like right now, I'm like trying to get the composition correct. I mean, it's pretty much perfect right now. But the problem is that it's going to be three versions because they're very different options. So the basic one is going to be the most breathable. I mean, they're all super breathable, but the basic one is just like a breathable, very nice, very soft sheets. Because menopause, we go through menopause, you sweat like a, like a, like crazy at night when you sleep. Like my friend's mm-hmm. mom, she um, sleeps like on a towel because she sweats so much, she has to get up in the middle of the night and change her sheets. It's pretty wow. bad. Yeah, it's horrible. And so um, we have the first version, which is the most affordable, that's breathable and um, thermoregulating. The second one, which we use a, a, a NASA um, um, created material called PCM, which um, is more breathable, more thermoregulating. And the third one is, has everything that the first two have, but it's also anti-aging because we use silk to kind of, because silk helps with um, your skin, like aging on a slow process because cotton and most other materials are absorbent, but silk has a nice little oil layer 
that keeps the moisture on your skin because moisture keeps you look younger. So this, and also since it doesn't wrinkle very much, it keeps your skin from getting wrinkles. And so mm. the, the three options and the third one's maybe super expensive, but if, if you have them, if you care about, you know, being looking younger for a longer time, then there you go. So that's what I'm, I'm currently designing this morning anyway. Really? This is really interesting. And I'm so, doing bras as well. I have my apartment's covered in bras and it's like not <laughs> to have a bunch of girls coming over. It's because I have so many bras and I'm, I'm working on like getting the perfect bra to make. Because some, some customer in Italy emailed me. I was like, please, please, I need bras. I travel the world all, all the time and the bra situation is like the worst thing. It's the last frontier, apparently. Yeah, yeah, I believe that. My wife, yeah. my wife has gone through several sports bras. She finally found a style that she likes, but I mean, she if she could, she would probably wear the same sports bra for a week to two weeks and be fine with it as long as it like you know didn't didn't get dirty, didn't get smelly, and was still comfortable. Oh yeah, I mean, what we have right now is very comfortable. Obviously, it won't smell. So it's going to be a very good option for what I love to travel. And I think next year when, when, COVID, when, the, when the virus um, or the vaccine kind of comes out, I think the travel is going to be just booming. Like everyone's ready mm-hmm. to go somewhere. So the bras have to be, I have to get the bra ready in time for the, 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 the wave of the, the world travel that's coming out. Do you make underwear then already? Is I, I just actually finished underwear um, design. I, I'm still modifying because so over COVID, I gained 40 pounds. And when I made the underwear initially, I had nice abs. I was like flat stomach, everything. <laughs> COVID gave me a little belly. And the, with the belly, I noticed that like the waistband is a little too thick and annoying because my belly pushes out, pushes out the, the, the waistband too much. So, I, I, so even though I was done with the design, I had to fix that problem because I didn't know it was a problem before. So I'm fixing the, the belly problem. Of the, the, but other than that, like it's perfect. It's super soft. Obviously, it don't smell bad. Um, I mean, that's what we do all about. And um it's very comfortable, except for the waistband. So I'm fixing that before I ship it out. I already, I already have two orders for, I think, uh, 1,500 pre-orders for the underwear. That's incredible. Because you you started your company with basically a Kickstarter campaign to, yeah. a, a, you know, get the resources to manufacture and then, you know, actually do the manufacturing. And initially you started out with what? Uh, you started your Kickstarter in two, 2018 or 2019? Um, I did the first one was a backpack and that was 2017, I think. Oh, okay. And the second one was, um, the shirt that was 2018. Okay. And well, then the and, third one. Was and you're up to 700,000, $700,000, uh, in crowdfunding and yeah. crowdfunding, which is yeah. incredible. And yeah. you're now you're already selling and it sounds like you're have a good base and a lot of highly rated reviews. Yeah, I mean, we're, I've been very lucky to uh, have customers that are super excited about what we make. And like, I made a face mask and I wasn't even trying to make face masks. I really, I didn't want to, cause I was like, sounds kind of risky. I don't know, I don't want to get involved with the COVID situation. Like, I just want to like, whatever, everyone's doing face mask. I don't want to do a face mask. But some lady, she's a nurse. She kept emailing me and emailing me and emailing me like, please win, please just make a face. I'm so easy to, 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 to please. I, I mean, all you gotta do is just say please once and I'll, I'll, I'll cave. I'm a crowd pleaser. So like I, I, I caved and I made a face mask. Everyone loved it. I made, I, I made more. Everyone loved it. It sold out three times already. And, it, and I just got a new shipment that just came in on Friday. And, and I'm sure that I'll sell out again in the next two weeks. I mean, it just, I can't make enough face masks to keep up with the, the, the demand. But I think, you know, 
we'll see how it goes. Because now that that COVID's kind of like chilling, not chilling, now it's getting worse. But people are don't yeah. care. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's bad. The I mean, I think <laughs> cases are surging more than they were in April. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think people are a tired of being cooped up, and b now that it's winter, we have to be cooped up, and people are just ignoring the social distancing. I think there was a lot of people getting together still for Thanksgiving, and I think people get together for Christmas still. Yeah, yeah. so I'm not sure how that's going to work out. What I like though, when is your your ability to make the transition on how you marketed the the clothing line? Because obviously, it seems like travel and essentially being able to wear clothes long term without having to pack a lot of them was sort of your motivation for this clothing line. But then early on in this episode, you disguised how you wore the same shirt for three months of quarantine so Heck yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> you, it, it's a very versatile piece of clothing where if you're traveling the world which you unfortunately can't do but when you can again you can bring it along with you and, and pack less clothes and have to worry less about smelling and and getting your clothes dirty but then if you want to save on laundry and just wear the same shirt and not have to do laundry during quarantine you can also wear it for that as well i'm totally game for that That's i think it. you need to make some scrubs out of your material <laughs> Ooh, yeah, yeah, I get that a lot actually. I have a lot so a lot of our customers are actually like doctors. Some people work at NASA. We have really like high high end customers. Um and I get it. Doctors are like, yo, so when are you gonna make the, the uniform? I'm like, I just I'm one guy, man. Like I just I It sounds like you can get a team now. I yeah. probably could, but I I'm like super like um risk averse and I don't wanna be responsible for anybody's like I I'm just I hate being responsible for people's things. And so, like, I just want to—I want to hire people and be responsible for their paycheck. Yeah. That's my issue. It's like I'm just yeah. avoiding being responsible for people. Or you could hire yeah. someone to be responsible. Oh, but that to be, I'd have to be one person at least. I have to be responsible for that one person at least. So I don't know. A good book I'd recommend you read, and it seems like you're a reader, is called "The One Hundred Dollar Startup," mm. and it's about managing, uh, creating, and and keeping up with a small company, like a startup company. And so it was a good, it's a quick, easy read, but it was very informative. It's about potentially franchising and franchising yourself. And wow. And it kind of gives you insight on should you expand? What are the, the risks for expanding? It was really good. And I read it just to contribute to this podcast to help me learn more about growing this podcast as a business. So I recommend it. It's $100 Startup by Chris Gilbrew. And, and okay. email me or message me if you I'll, need that. I'll again. get it. I'll get it when, yeah. I, when I get off because, I mean, like, I'm always reading. I, I try to get at least one or two books on a week. Um, it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I should probably, I think I will hire somebody pretty soon here. I mean, I just outsourced the fulfillment. Like, the reason why I my, 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 this room over here is so messy, you can't say it anymore, but when you call me, it was like my background. And it was because I, I used to do all the fulfillment myself. So I would design the clothes. I would uh, manage the, um, the logistics, manage the production, then get it here, and then I'll ship it out myself. Oh and my then God. I'll do it with all the emails. <laughs> my days are like so long. When? And How I, did you do that for so long? I don't long? know. I just, I just don't, I'm just okay with it, I guess. It's like, whatever. So it like wasn't great for mental stability and for like, no. for my travel schedule. It was horrible because I couldn't really travel anymore because I was like stuck shipping things out all the time. So like some guy emailed me, he's like, please, just let us handle your fulfillment. So I was like, sure, whatever, we'll try it out. So I'm, I'm having them handle my fulfillment for me now. And so we'll see how it goes. I'm curious, what was your background in college? What did you study? I started with computer science. And then I realized that computer science is not really for me because I don't fit in very well. I felt so uncomfortable in those classes. And then I got to data structures. I was like, yeah, the same for me. 
And then I ended up with marketing because I was like, it's easy. I cannot be in class and still pass the class. So like, why am I going to waste <laughs> my time in class? So, so you're marketing. And it sounded like what you were doing was marketing, uh, logistics, supply chain management, and, you know, yeah. clothing design, and then biomechanical engineering. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of work for one person. And I think really the worst part was just like the, the, the inventory management because inventory management is like a nightmare because oh, like yeah, with tea. the face mask, it's horrible because I, I don't know how, how much to make. I, I can make 1,000, I can make 10,000, I can make 100,000, I can make a million face masks. I don't know what to do. So I just kind of like, whatever, like it sells out, it sells out. Like it is what it is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a bunch of face masks and then like no, I'm buy them. And then now I'm talking a bunch of face masks. Like, so. Right. Trial and error. Yeah. So I make 10,000 masks and I'm just like, then we sell out again and we'll do another 10,000. I'll just keep doing that. Cause I'm not trying to be like super risky and like have a bunch of masks. I hate, I hate waste. I just hate having stuff to throw. I don't throw stuff away. So what am I do with them? Well, clearly, yeah. I mean, that's the, one of the main reasons you designed your material. Yeah. It's, I hate waste. I just don't, I don't see the value in, in, in creating unnecessary waste. And the only reason I'm making face masks still is because mine are like anti-acne and a lot of people are getting mask knee. So mm-hmm. like it helps with reducing the, the, the mask and also or the mask derived acne. And also it's super comfortable. I mean, like these bad boys are very popular because you can, it doesn't touch your face when you're wearing it. So you can wear makeup underneath it. They're less acne in your face. So it's really nice. Huh? Yeah. That's interesting. They're yeah. popular. The referral rate is really high. A lot of friends tell their friends about it and the friends come by and hey, tell their friends about it. Word of mouth is the best form of advertising. You know what your product reminds me of? Are you familiar with the Singer sewing machines? That story? No. So the Singer sewing machine, and this is, kind of fitting for this discussion. So the Singer sewing machines came out and they were so well built that they lasted forever and that nobody ended up buying anymore. And then they went out of business because their product was too good. (laughs) Ah, that sucks. (laughs) That sounds so nice. (laughs) Make the most fuego product ever. It just is so perfect. Yeah, it's a product that never never goes obsolete and it'll never get destroyed. And so they sold to all the people that wanted them and then nobody had to buy them again. Wow. Right? Like Singer's sewing uh, machine. Like Apple Apple actually has I think it's destructive obsolescence. And it basically is where you or designed obsolescence, where you intentionally have your products fail after a certain amount of time so that your consumers have to buy it again. Like the Apple products initially were designed to have a battery life of only like three or four years that you had to get a new one. Mm -hmm. Even new new smartphones have um, software operating updates that make old phones obsolete. Yeah. That's what I, I noticed from my, my computer side. I don't update it anymore because I'm just like, it's too old for me to update it. I don't want to trust them anymore. I'm just going to keep it at the same software that is half a lot so they can't mess it up. Yep. Right. Like and they start, making, they, they start making programs that will no longer be fitted to your computer, which is just so yep. annoying. Yep. Yeah. Same yeah. thing with video game systems, right? I mean, yeah. the, the PS5 and the Xbox just came out and eventually the one that I have, the, the older one, I don't even know the name of it, but... Yeah, it'll become obsolete. We'll stop making games for it. And, yeah. yeah, but I mean, that's kind of something to do with fashion too because fashion, like, if you go to like uh, H&M, all those companies, you try on their clothes, it's like you, you take it home, you wear it twice, it's kind of screwed. You have to buy another one. Yeah, like, it's it's out of style now. It's not out of style, but it's just like different. It's not, it's just not good. Like I, 
I bought shorts at um at Paxson at one time and I like, came home and I washed them once and they had like like peeling everywhere. I was just like, I just washed this thing once. Like God, like you guys, like you guys are just screw me, man. Like this is I know I paid like twenty bucks for the shorts. Like but you have to screw me because I paid twenty dollars for the shorts. <laughs> so, yeah. but I mean, it's fine. Like that's that's why I I'm so obsessed with perfection. Like when it comes to designing my products, I want it to be like the one shirt you know is reliably good. Like I had a guy that was his wife was in on labor and was in the hospital for like a week. I had to be there with her the whole time. And he wore a shirt the whole time. He's like, dude, this is the most reliable shirt I had. Like, it kept me going the whole time. I yep. was like, that's what we're making for. Is that you can have that one shirt that no matter what you're doing, what you're going through, it's got your back. Like, we got your back. Don't worry about it. Of course, the logo is always on your right because I'm always right near you, man. I'm, I'm always by your side to take you, make sure you're good, make sure you're clean, make sure you smell good. <laughs> what is your logo? It's the, the lion. So the, it's, so the company's name is Herculeon. Um, so Hercules and Lion together because it's like inspirational to me because it's like you got to have the, the, the strength, obviously, of um, Hercules and the perseverance of um, a lion because they don't quit on fights. They keep fighting if they have to, to death if they have to. And so the logo is the human's face and the lion's mane. I like it. Yeah, I, I when we first got in touch with you, I saw your logo and did some research on you and I was like, that is a pretty awesome looking logo. Very recognizable. Yeah. Forty dollars, best forty dollars ever. Yeah. What through Fiverr? Nah, some guy I met off of freelancer.com. I was like, hey, I need a logo. Right. I want a human's face and a lion's mane. Yeah. And after a few variations, we got to this one, and it's been my most reliable um, tool since. And I always put it on the right side because I'm always right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it's it. It's a great logo, and uh, yeah, it seems like you're gaining a lot of notoriety throughout the like some pretty good publications i saw you were on lonely planet and yeah not just wow. the fashion world but the travel world right i'm yeah. surprised by that because that happened pretty quickly i didn't see that coming um and now like now nah, i'm not even sure because the company i'm trying to because I, I make not just i make shirts i make underwear i make everything but I also make bed sheets because i i think like i said i hate laundry i just don't want to do laundry ever so i make everything it's basically i'm selfish i'm doing it for myself everything i make is for me and i just happen to sell it too to everybody else uh, yeah and so well, I think I think that is I think we knock laziness, but if you're being smart to be lazy, that is okay. So, I yeah, think. I don't consider that being lazy at that point. Like the, the no. work smarter, not harder. Yeah. Um, yeah. Saying is is not to it's to be more efficient. Yeah, that's what yes, I'm trying efficiency. to do. Right. Yeah. So I when I made the bed sheets, um, I was like trying to minimize my laundry because I learned that most single men under the age of 25, they wash their bed sheets every um, four months. So I was like, that's kind of gross. And I wonder, and they wonder why they have like back knee and all this other acne on the yeah. bodies because they're not washing their sheets. They're literally sleeping on like the, like the most infested, nasty. Even, oh, it's like, so gross. Yeah, it's nasty. And it's, I mean, but like, I'm not going to be mad. I'm not mad at them because that's how I am too. Like when I was yeah. in college, no one told me that I had to wash my sheets. So it could be like, a week, a month, who knows? Who, yeah. I don't know if I ever washed my sheets in college. I don't have no memory of it. So, <laughs> uh, I, my wife and I wash, I mean, mainly because it's her preference, but we wash our sheets every week. And I think that's a little a lot. much. It's a lot. And she was like, everyone does that. Everyone washes their sheets no. once a week. I'm like, no, that's just you. But I don't mind it because I like having clean sheets every week right. now. Right. And then I told her, it's like, the average American washes their sheets every three to four weeks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Which so, I'd be fine washing it every month or every 
or with your sheets like i would i would love to be able to wash them every month See, or two I, months i take a shower before i go to bed every night so i feel oh dude you're perfect that's I it i feel more comfortable yeah, yeah getting in those in, yeah. into my sheets and they, they i keep them cleaner for longer yeah I that's do too. it that's why i made them and i think like i i, I want to have a cold collection so that way you can pretty much like basically this is like an off-grid basically the company could be an off-grid living company because that's basically what you're doing is that you're re- reducing your waste you're reducing your your laundry requirements it's just a really really nice situation so now like i have the betches from from well it's actually so I call them for first. Initially, they're called betches for men because only men are gross enough to not wash the sheets for over like uh, two weeks. That's um, true. Yeah. But now I'm, calling, I'm just calling them the world's cleanest betches because that's what they are. They're literally the world's cleanest bed sheets. There's no betches that clean in my bed sheets. And it, so it, it's a great idea. There are multiple reasons why someone should consider your product for hygiene, for the environment. And yeah, I, I love it, dude. It, it's a great idea. And I wish you the best of luck. We're, we're going to get into the rapid fire round. We are, but I have, I have another question. Oh, go for it. Because we haven't touched on this yet. And I think it's very important for me if I ever get your product, which I highly anticipate if, you know, I can actually get my hands on it if it's not sold out. Um, but how do you have to clean it a special way or can you just throw it in the laundry? So I am a risk taker, so I throw in the laundry, but you, you, you're just supposed to, um, no fabric softener ever, like ever, um, dry with uh, low heat and always make sure you put it with the similar colors. But those are the only three things. You can wash in a washing machine if you want. It's just that um, fabric softener destroys all good materials. Like only, only, only here's the funny about cotton. So cotton, the reason why cotton, only reason why fabric softener helps cotton is because cotton is so mediocre. <laughs> that the fabric softener adds a little bit of oil coating on the cotton to make it size, like nicer and softer, but mm. it's not softer. It just has a coating, a coating of like oil on it. That's all it is. And to like make it more entertaining, the reason why, you know, when people say like, if you wash your sheets more, it becomes softer. Yeah, like, sure. I, yeah. I haven't heard that before, but I, maybe it, that's. Like they kind of feel softer. Yeah. Yeah. So people. Fresh out of there. Oh, yeah. yeah. With cotton sheets, if you wash it more, it becomes softer. There's two reasons why they say that. One is that the company knows that the more you wash, if, if, you, if you believe that the more you wash it, the better it becomes, you will not return the sheets fast enough to get to and during a return policy. So you're going to be stuck with the sheets. And the second is that the more you wash it, the faster it falls apart, the faster you buy another set of sheets. So mm. really, it's like they make average sheets with cotton and then they tell you, you know, the more you wash, the better, but really it's better for them because now they're going to make more money anyway. I will not return the sheets because they're like, oh, it's not soft enough. Wash it a few more times. It'd be soft. Don't worry. <laughs> and then like, they'll look at the time. They're like, oh, 30 days has passed. Sorry, you can't return it. Have fun with your sheets. Right. So that's, that's why I always think it's so funny when people, but no, you can wash it with anything you want. Like, okay. All right. That's good to know. Make sure no fabric softener. Also, we didn't touch on this, but the, I think the product that I'm most excited for that you have are socks. Oh dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, and they're not for me. Like I have somewhat smelly feet, but and my wife doesn't listen to this podcast, so I can say it. But her feet are worse than mine. <laughs> dude, my old roommate's feet were nasty. I, everything I thought so, I was like, dude, put them back on. I can't smell your feet. They're so gross. So I gave him a bunch of socks. So now he's, he's, he's still getting girlfriends now. He's, he's, I say oh, that's them. good. That's good. <laughs> but a new version, uh, I have a new version of socks. The old ones were very popular, and they are. The issue is that they were, I made them too thin, which is good for people that have sweaty feet because they kind of, help some but if you do like really active sport then obviously you don't want to have too thin because you want to have some cushion for your running or whatever 
Mm-hmm. So I made a new version with even softer material, but a sticker. So that way you can like, if you're doing like active, like whatever, you're going running or whatever, it's still good. But the, no matter what, the socks are amazing. The only issue is that they are not as, they are not as effective as the shirt because your feet is, is way more sweat, way more yeah. bacteria and way less fresh air. So yeah. it might like for the, the socks, I always recommend, like obviously it will smell way less than any other socks you ever had, but it, it's not like you should, you know, you can wear the socks um, nonstop every day and not have a smell. You, there will be a little bit of smell, but if you take them off for a little bit and give it time to air out, then you'll be fine. I feel like about most people can get aired out for like six hours, eight hours, and it smells clean again. Some people, because of how smelling the feet are, they need at least like 20 hours because them bad boys <laughs> is stanky. Oh, that's funny. Okay. That's uh, a challenge. Good to know. Good to know. So yeah, I, the new version, get it for her. She would love it. All right. And I will say, in case she ever does listen to this, that she does know her feet smell and uses uh, this product called Odor Eaters in her shoes to prevent the smell of her shoes oh. and the smell of her feet. <laughs> so but she now uses, she might not have to use that. I feel like she, that's she's, basically using, she's basically using bamboo charcoal to, to keep her feet smelling better. That's what Odor Eaters are. Ah, so and you're just putting socks. them in the sock. I'm, I'm doing both. I'm putting them in the socks and I'm using copper to make it even better. I'm just, I, I, I really yeah. thought it out. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Smart laziness. Before yes. We, before we get into the rapid fire round, why don't you give our audience all of your website information, your social media accounts, essentially anywhere people can go and buy your product and follow you, you know? Um. Yeah. So hercleon.com has mostly everything. I'm going to currently go into rebranding for Hercleon.com, but you can basically buy all the essentials on there. It's H-E-R-C-L-E-O-N.com. And then um, for social media, I mean, you're going to follow me personally. It's um, uh, when and then I-Z-Z-Y, so W-E-N-I-Z-Z-Y. And you're obviously welcome to follow me. I post a lot of thoughts on there. So, and I don't actually make any physical, I don't actually do any posts. I just do like story posts. I don't do actual posts. Oh, all right. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Check out the website. I'm, I'm going to get some socks right now. <laughs> Dude, they're amazing. <laughs> so let's, let's do the rapid fire round. So Elliot and I do this at the end of our episodes. We're going to ask you 12 questions. Uh, answer them as quickly as you can with the first answer that comes to your mind. We'll try to breeze through them. And yeah, just be honest. Sounds ready? good. Yep. yep. All right. Get it started. Elliot. Yep. All right. So what is the first word that comes to your mind when you think of the word travel? Backpack. What home comfort do you miss the most while traveling? My bed. If you could swim in any liquid, what would it be? Water. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Who would win in a fight, an accountant or a banker? Banker. Why? (laughs) They do a lot more drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Yeah. Would you rather drink wine or coffee for the rest of your life? Neither. Is that an option? Yeah, it's an option. Sure. I hate coffee. And you, and you don't like wine either? It makes me get headaches. So yeah, no, I prefer okay. water. Uh, I love water. Water. You would swim in it and you would drink it. Great. Dude, that's it. I drink so much water. Literally, just always just having water on me all the time. I'm always drinking water. Same. That's good. That's healthy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is, this, is this me? All right. Yeah. Say hello in your favorite language. Bonjour. If you can travel with anyone in the world, living or dead, who would it be? Oh, my goodness. Oh, um, 
Mm-hmm. There's a lot of options here. I know. My goodness, this is a terrible I mean, question. You can you can pick Miyazaki. Yeah. Oh man, no, but I would like want to do like Muhammad Ali or Kanye or someone that someone just like <laughs> really high energy and super fun because I'm just like Muhammad Ali. You're gonna be laughing the whole time. Kanye West, you might be thinking the whole time. I don't know. Like. <laughs> Um, the guy that went to Alaska, that that one guy, that that got stuck in Alaska for a long time. What's his name? Oh, is that the um, end of the wild guy who um, died? No, sorry, he not died. Alaska. Sorry, um, Antarctica. Colin oh, Brady. Colin um, Brady who just walked it. No, there's no, a guy Shackleton. that like Shackleton. Yeah. I would go to him. He he. Oh actually, yeah. I wouldn't because he would do some real adventure. I don't want to do that. So never mind. I'll stick with like Kanye West. I think that'd be really. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, speaking of Antarctica, what is one item remaining on your bucket list? Bucket list. I rated everything. So, um, oh, then you're good. I mean, I would like to finish my skydiving license. I'm currently in the process of getting my skydiving license. Um, I have a few more jumps left. So hopefully I can finish that this summer um, before I leave Minnesota so I can have my official skydiving license. I can be a badass everywhere. Nice. Pretty cool. Yeah. If you could pick an actor to play you in a movie, who would you choose? Ooh, Denzel. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> no, nice. probably not. He's way too old. I mean, honestly, like, I would probably do, like, uh, Id- Idris Elba because I just think Ooh, he's, yeah. you know, he's a good-looking guy. I, would, I, I, so, like, I, I hope he's this. the next James Bond. I hope so, too. I'm actually talking to a guy that's, like, um, one of the VPs at, um, uh, I think, Warner Brothers or, I can't remember, Universal, and he's working on the next James Bond movie right now. And he was telling me the details, the details. In secret stuff. Ooh, so you can tell us on this podcast because this is secret. Uh, yeah, yeah. I you guys, yeah. So by the way, yeah, no, he's super cool. He's one of the customers, so he was like, "Yeah, no, he's very friendly." I'm like, "Yo, can I get like a, a, a ticket to the first showing? That'd be nice." That would be awesome. Here's a free sheet or something. God dang. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you were stuck in one city for the rest of your life, which city would you choose? Lisbon, Portugal. Mm. If you owned a yacht, what would you name it? Yeah, I feel like you have a great name already. <laughs> Probably, yeah. You I would call it like like uh like the Dark Knight or Chocolate Thunder or something like that. Some, <laughs> Chocolate some... Thunder. Yeah. All right, all right. Uh, last question: What is one piece of advice you'd give the decade younger version of yourself? Um, deep one. Yeah, I would just say just trust, trust the world, trust the universe, have some faith. I don't know, the universe provides. Just have faith and, and be yourself. Faith in yourself, yeah, yeah. Like be yourself. Don't like don't just be yourself. Honestly, that's it. Yeah, I like it. Hey, well, well, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, if you're listening to me. this, check out Hercleon.com. Buy yourself some sheets, some socks, some shoes. We really appreciate your time today. Thanks for having me. I really had a good time chatting with you guys. What an incredible life story and. This this is a reminder. This is the exact reason we got into this podcast to begin with. People are so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. And I, I can see Hercleon and when that brand becoming like the next Nike or Under Armour. If, if the product is as good, which I do have a mask and I have socks and they are great. The stocks, I mean, I have smelly feet and they don't get as smelly as my old socks do. So yeah. it works. Nice, nice. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's pretty awesome. I yeah. That's I'm looking forward to that too. I am too. So thank you for listening. If you really love the show and want to support us, there are many ways you can do that. Non financially, you could do it through leaving us a review on whichever podcast 
podcast platform you're listening on. Subscribe to us on YouTube uh, and follow us on social media. Join our community pages on Facebook. And if you'd like to support us financially, you can do that through Patreon, which is up as little as a dollar a month, which helps us just pay for some of our subscriptions, helps us get new technology and software. And it's really nice. And then lastly, you could subscribe to our newsletter so you can stay up to date on all of our episodes. You can get a recap of some of our past episodes and get some insight into our future episodes. Nice. Thank you for listening.